Excellence Expected, the inspirational business advice podcast. Hey, 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 guys. Welcome to another episode of Excellence Expected with me, Mr. Mark Asquith from right over here in the north of the UK. Now, today we are going to talk about crowdfunding. It's something that we all kind of know exists in small business, but it's only, I feel, a percentage of us that really understand it properly. However, that is a serious problem for many of us. It can offer so much to all of our businesses that we deserve to know a little bit more about it. And that is the issue we're going to define, challenge and conquer today. We are going to uncover crowdfunding. And joining me today is someone that, I love these kind of shows, It's someone that I've actually met at a conference at New Media Europe, which is a fantastic conference over in Manchester this year. It was, a, it was such a good weekend and we actually met each other over a cup of green tea, I believe, and uh, discussed the merits of the different types of tea, which led to a fantastic conversation about crowdfunding and actually led to this very episode. So it gives me real, real genuine pre- pleasure to welcome to the show Mr. Anthony D'Souza. How are you, sir? Hi there. Well, thank you uh, for inviting me to come along and talk about crowdfunding. You are very welcome. I've, I've, I've got a green tea now, actually. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you remembered the green tea. I must, I must say that uh, that uh, I remembered our conversation, but not the green tea. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you see, I can't forget a good green tea. It's uh, it's it's one of the staples of my day now. You know, it's one of those that I can't get through. It used to be Yorkshire tea, and uh, now I've switched to green tea, which makes my mum think I've turned into a snob, and I have to tell her that mum, that's not the case. I just like it. She's uh, she's really judgmental with the tea, it seems. So, does that make you unusual? Do you think? Well, I think we're all a little bit closet unusual because the more people I talk to about the green tea, the more people actually confess to me on the quiet. Do you know, I really love it. Um, So maybe we're all just kind of hiding this green tea obsession. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's a healthy alternative, but... At least. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So obviously we know each other. We've spoken at New Media Europe and we've spoken since then. But for the guys listening out there, just tell tell them a little bit about your story, sir. Tell them a little bit about what you've been doing over the last few years and actually how you came into crowdfunding and you know what you do with people today. Well, my my journey in crowdfunding started about four years ago. And um it's uh, my, my my background's in digital marketing. So uh, I've spent the last uh, 10 or more years helping hundreds of businesses go online and expand their presence online. And uh, there was an issue of, uh, one of the issues I faced was growing my own business and uh, where to find the finance for that. And uh, when crowdfunding uh, appeared uh, four years ago, as I say, it's, uh, there was that sudden realization that this was... Um, a field that I wanted to find out more about. So for the last four years, I've, I've had a daily diet of crowdfunding, and um, which has, and up in, in, in the last 24 months, I have ended up uh, providing over 40 crowdfunding talks and workshops uh, right around the UK. So I've learned a lot through that experience. Uh, I've I've been able to find out what people know about crowdfunding, what they need to know about crowdfunding, and uh, how to how to run a, a success, successful crowdfunding campaign. Because essentially, that's uh, what we all hope to achieve. 
And uh, since crowdfunding is growing and evolving and changing, I've been uh, following the progress of all of that. And uh, I now see myself in a in a position of, of, of being able to assist people to understand what it's all about and uh, how, how they can make uh, great use of this, uh, this, it's the strategy. I mean, it's an old strategy, but it's just been given new life with, uh, with the arrival of the internet. And it's a very interesting notion. I mean, crowdfunding, so many of us know about crowdfunding in terms of it being something that is on the horizon for many of us. You know, we, we've come across it in various guises. But actually, in its, in its most basic format, let's really dial it back. What is crowdfunding at its core? Well, crowdfunding is an old concept. I mean, think of a, a collection plate that goes around the church. Uh, what is happening there is that you have a whole lot of small amounts that are collected, and at the end of the collection, you have a large amount. And um, that happened before the internet. Now, with the uh, arrival of the internet, this entire process now takes place online. And uh, the term, if you like, was coined uh, around about 2008 after another term, which you may be familiar with, crowdsourcing, was popularized in Wired magazine um, a few years before that. So... Essentially, it's become a lot easier for us to raise funds online, and uh, crowdfunding has, uh, as a result, has grown tremendously. It's it's grown in different ways, at different speeds in different countries, and uh, there are over four hundred crowdfunding websites now in the UK. Wow, four hundred crowdfunding websites because I I I know the big ones, you know. So we're talking Kickstarter, Indiegogo, the usual ones. Is, when you say there are four hundred of them, do they tend to focus on different types of crowdfunding, or do they focus on different industry niches? How how are they split? You know, what kind of sets these websites apart from each other? Well, there there are different types of crowdfunding, and um, essentially in my crowdfunding workshops, I cover four main types. The first type is donation-based crowdfunding. Um, I'm sure you've heard of um, Just Giving, perhaps, or, or um, GoFundMe, which are two, which which is the largest uh, donation-based crowdfunding website in the world. It's based out of the United States, and what is happening there is that people donate funds towards uh, a cause online, and they don't expect anything in return. Then you move on to the second type of crowdfunding, which is rewards-based crowdfunding. And this, this one tends to receive more press than any of the others. And you've already mentioned Kickstarter and Indiegogo. And those are the world's two largest uh, rewards-based crowdfunding platforms. They're both based out of the United States, but they both operate here. And uh, the largest one in this country is called Crowdfunder, which is based out of uh, Newquay in Cornwall. And on these rewards-based crowdfunding platforms, people will donate, sorry, not donate, they will invest um, their money and they expect a product or service in return. Um, so that would be rewards-based crowdfunding. The third type, which uh, has grown quite dramatically, in fact, this country has now become the world leaders in equity-based crowdfunding. And with this model, people will invest some money, but they expect um, an equity in return for their investment. So um, the largest there is uh, Crowdcube, which is based out of the Innovation Center in Exeter. They have helped raise over 100 million for over 300 businesses in the last three and a half years. Wow. And then the fourth type of uh, crowdfunding is peer-to-peer lending or debt-based crowdfunding, as it's sometimes called. So it's very much like um, going to a bank. Instead of going to a bank for a loan, you go to a crowdfunding website for a loan. And the largest there in this country is a website called uh, Funding Circle. 
and they have helped raise, I think by now, well over 800 million and uh, in loans for predominantly existing businesses across uh, the UK. So those are the four main types of crowdfunding. The, there are other types of crowdfunding. For example, um, uh, it, um, real estate is benefiting tremendously from uh, crowdfunding. Uh, you get lots of other uh, niche crowdfunding websites. Uh, there's one for authors, for example. Uh, if you're thinking of writing a book, you can put a, uh, your first few chapters up on a website. People can read it, and if they like it, they can help fund the rest of the book in terms of uh, allowing you time to write it. And in return, either their name will appear in the back of the book, or you can go and have lunch with the author, or whatever the case might be. So there's a series of rewards um, that you can that you can uh, go for when it comes to crowdfunding. S and yeah, I mean, it's it's the growth in the sector has been incredible over the last four years. The new crowdfunding pop websites popping up all the time, and I have uh, difficulty trying to keep abreast of uh, all the all the latest uh, types of crowdfunding that there are out there. I'm excited by this kind of disruptive model because one of the biggest difficulties, especially for a startup, you know, whether that's the typical quote-unquote sexy tech startup that you see down in Shoreditch in the UK or Silicon Valley or New York or Austin, wherever you are, you know, the, the, those kind of startups are usually now synonymous with great sums of cash. But th there's a whole other world to being a startup, which is the bricks and mortar startup, or like you said, the solopreneur who was maybe an author or wants to create a course or wants to create some informational product but needs some investment time. That, that model that you mentioned there about the author, you know, someone, someone donating money in return for something that they see to be valuable, but actually traditionally we might not see as being of that much value, to buy effectively that author some space to create that book. That just creates such a liberating world for people because, the, I mean, the barrier to being, you know, again, quote unquote, an entrepreneur is so, so low now, you know, with the internet. But now it seems that this, this problem insofar as, you know, I don't have to create a business plan and go to a bank. That whole finance problem seems to be, again, the barrier to that just seems to be coming down and down and down. Is that is that something that you feel is benefiting you know, this small business world that we're operating in, is that helping businesses achieve what might have only been pipe dreams? Very, very much so. Um, crowdfunding has been described as a new form of democratic finance, if you like. So what is happening now is that uh, entrepreneurs are able to un unlock a source of funding that was not available to them before. I mean, it's not going to replace the, the role of the high street bank or anything like that, but it, it, it is another way that, uh, another option that people can look at uh, in terms of sourcing money. And, uh, you know, being, being a startup, it all, it, all, it all depends on quite a number of things, really. Um, the, the biggest issue at, at the early stage, especially if you're not too sure what crowdfunding is all about, and the majority of people still don't know what crowdfunding is about, is, is working out the various types of crowdfunding and then deciding which one of those is best for your, for your particular idea or project. And once you've got through that, then you can look at uh, the various platforms that are out there that serve these uh, four main areas of, of crowdfunding. And yes, I mean, it's helped a tremendous number of businesses get going far, far faster than ever before. I mean, the waiting time, you know what it's like when you go to a bank and how long you've got to wait for and how many hoops 
uh, you've got to jump through before you can get funding, often um, going to a crowdfunding website will get a far, far quicker and more immediate uh, result uh, than, than going the traditional routes. I mean, originally, I remember four years ago that um, venture capitalists and business angels didn't like the idea of crowdfunding at all because essentially when it came to their turn uh, to enter into a round of funding, they didn't want to deal with hundreds and hundreds of small investors. But what is happening now is that these VCs and, and business angels are now saying, well, please go off and do a crowdfunding campaign first before you come to us because there's more to crowdfunding than just the money. And um, this, is, this is what excites me more about crowdfunding than anything else is, uh, is these other benefits that you get from crowdfunding. And the, big, the biggest benefit or the biggest takeaway is, is market validation. So in other words, it gives, it gives the young, it gives the, uh, the business, the charity, the entrepreneur with an idea, an opportunity to go out and test their idea on the market to see whether there's any, whether they can gain any traction or any support for their concept or idea. And that's invaluable. I mean, if you went to a bank manager uh, in, in the days gone by, um, there were there was, there was no way that you had that opportunity or that validation that you could actually show the bank manager and say, well, look, I've been out there. This is what I've done. And this is the kind of support and the traction that I've got, which would actually make it a lot easier for, for the banks to actually decide whether they will actually fund a project or not. So market validation is a huge, huge takeaway uh, when it comes to crowdfunding. The second biggest takeaway, in my, in my opinion, it, it, it gives you an opportunity to um, uh, create greater brand awareness. So when it comes to, um, well, crowdfunding is an opportunity for you. It's an excuse really to go out to your crowd and say, well, this is what I'm doing. Um, uh, have, please have a look at it and let me know whether you'd like to support it or not. So it's a great marketing strategy within its own right. And uh, thirdly, um, the third big takeaway in my opinion is, is it, Crowdfunding gives you the opportunity to build your crowd. So to me, one of the big mistakes that a lot of people do in crowdfunding is that they, they launch a crowdfunding campaign uh, and they don't have a crowd. You can't go crowdfunding without a crowd. So it doesn't matter what the size of your crowd is, but if you go crowdfunding, it gives you the opportunity to build on what you have. So if you have a small crowd, you end up with a larger crowd. And if you have a large crowd, well, you obviously end up with an even larger crowd. But crowdfunding gives you that opportunity to build your crowd. It doesn't matter whether your campaign succeeds or fail, you still have that, uh, um, you still have that uh, takeaway, if you like, by doing a crowdfunding campaign. And then, of course, the fourth big takeaway is obviously the money. The money is obviously <laughs> what, uh, what, what people need in order to move forward. But for me, that's the sort of um, criteria, if you like, or, or the benefits or the takeaway. Firstly, market validation. Secondly, brand awareness, increasing that. Thirdly, growing the size of your crowd. And then, of course, the money. When we think about a successful campaign, and obviously this is what you help people master, is the art of a successful crowdfunding campaign. And without obviously digging in too much to the workshops that you do and, and all the work that you do with people, broadly speaking, what is the anatomy of a good, solid, successful crowdfunding campaign? What makes them tick? 
Well, there's quite a lot of success factors that you've got to consider, and um, you have to have enough of them in place. You don't have to have all of them in place, but you do have to have enough in order to run a successful crowdfunding campaign. And uh, the first one is obviously choosing the right type of crowdfunding. The second is choosing the right platform within that uh, type of crowdfunding, uh, because they all work differently. Every single platform has a different offering, and it can take quite some time to work out what is best for you. Then once you've chosen the right platform, then you look at the structure of a crowdfunding campaign. So what is it that people look at? When they come to a crowdfunding page, um, normally on the crowdfunding page itself, you have a video. Uh, It's crucial these days that you have a video um, uh, that's less than three minutes long that uh, tells your story. And ideally, uh, you need to appear in the video yourself. So you, people, when they come to a crowdfunding page, they will see the video, they will consume that first, then they will. Then you need to flesh your story out and words and, and images underneath, and people will then consume that, and then they will then, once they've digested that, they'll look at your target, and they'll assess whether they feel that um, you have uh, the ability to reach your target or not, and uh, that'll also help decide whether they'll invest with you, And then underneath the target, you normally have a string of rewards. If you're doing a rewards-based crowdfunding campaign, um, most most campaigns start off with, say, seven to eight rewards. And uh, people will quickly consume those rewards. And if one of them grabs their imagination, it is at that point that they will haul out their uh, their credit or debit card and uh, become an an investor. So uh, the structure of the crowdfunding campaign the way it's put together is, is, is very important. The way you tell your story, the way you connect with your audience is, is, is crucial. Um, another, another factor is uh, whether you have a crowd. So many people come to me after they've hit the launch button and um, they say, well, they're not getting any investors. And that's because there is this myth, if you like, uh, that strangers invest in crowdfunding campaigns. And uh, unfortunately, they don't. There's a very small percentage of your overall investors who will be strangers. Um, there are obviously exceptions to the rule, but on the whole, you will find that uh, 30% of your funding will probably come from the people that you know in person. The next 30% of your funding will come from the people in their networks, the first 30% that um, invested with you. Uh, Their networks will normally pony up the the second, third of your funding. And then if it really takes off at that particular point, uh, through uh, press and other forms of uh, promotion, you'll find that uh, uh, strangers might come in and invest the last third. So you need to understand that where the money is coming from even before you launch the crowdfunding campaign and how large your crowd is so that you can actually set a target. And that's one of the most difficult things to do with for a crowdfunding campaign is to actually settle on how much you're going to ask for. Um, some people ask for m- way more than their crowd can deliver. So you need to assess how how much you think your crowd can deliver. And there are various ways of trying to work this out. There's no precise science behind it, but um, one can look at... Uh, uh, some of those factors. And um, and if you don't have a large crowd, then you need to have a, a, a lower target um, and, and, and so on. Um, other success factors can include um, 
the amount, to me, probably one of the biggest success factors is um, the amount of time you put in preparing for your campaign. Um, let's, uh, in, in order to try and um, uh, put in, uh, how, how can I put it, to try and describe the actual process itself, I normally say, on average, you're looking at uh, putting aside 120 days. So the first 60 days is there to set up your campaign, and then the next 30 days is to actually run the campaign itself, and then the last 30 days is, to, is used to end up uh, delivering on all your promises, on, on all your rewards, if you like. So essentially, it's, it's, it's a full-time job for one person, if you are going to raise uh, a reasonable amount of money. And if you're unable to dedicate, if the entrepreneur is unable to dedicate their entire time to that 120-day process, then it's best to divide the responsibilities up amongst a team of people so that it's, it's, it's been shown in various studies that um, a team behind a project has a far better uh, chance of success than just one individual behind a, a project. So... So yes, it's the 60 days before you actually launch the campaign that's the most crucial. And um, it's, it's how you plan that. It's, what, uh, it's, it's, it's the tools that you use. It's the, the way you engage your crowd. It's all of those factors that need to be thought out well in advance. A lot of people see a crowdfunding website and they say, wow, what a great idea. And they, with, with, within a day or two, they've got the campaign up and running and then they find that no one funds them after that <laughs> because they haven't put in the 60 days of, of, of uh, reaching out to their crowd, uh, telling them about what you're going to do, creating anticipation and all of those kind of things. So yes, I mean, there's, there's a lot to think about when it comes to a crowdfunding campaign and especially the, when it comes to the different types of crowdfunding campaign because the process is slightly different, whether it is a donation-based campaign or rewards or equity or peer-to-peer -peer lending. That, I mean, that sounds like, uh, you know, it's a very dedicated project. You have to really invest the time in that, which I think a lot of people maybe didn't quite understand. And if we're considering, you know, the idea that we've got to put all this time in there, it's obviously very, very important to know where to start. And what I'd love to do now is actually switch a gear into the now famous, they are famous, actionable tips that come with each and every episode of Excellence Expected. So, Anthony, I know you've spent some time putting together some tips to help people get started with crowdfunding. So, let's dig into the first actionable tip, please, sir. Well, the first, the first is um, all about your crowd. You need to, you need to start building your crowd before you. Uh, and, and engaging your crowd before you go crowdfunding. I've worked with people, for example, uh, there's one who knew how much he wanted to raise. He knew he didn't have a, a large crowd. And he spent 18 months building his crowd before he went crowdfunding. Wow. So that would be one tip is to, is, is, is to make sure that uh, you start building your crowd long before, long before you go crowdfunding. It's an interesting one that because you, you know, this this is quite an odd odd comparison to make, but it's kind of the same as when I see small business owners and entrepreneurs. You know, the, everyone that's really kind of pushing personal branding, when they expect to be able to sell something to someone before they've even proved themselves as as an expert or an authority, so they've not put any content out. They expect to just turn on online, 
and expect to be able to sell something. And that that's a very similar issue that I often see is that it just doesn't happen. You you need to prove that you're there, that you, you are consistent and that you're providing value to people all the time and build your own tribe before you can sell anything online. So I, I can see why that would be so valuable, but I also see why people would kind of just get a bit bogged down in the excitement of it, you know, and really think, right, this is it. We're crowdfunding. We're going to skip straight to turning this thing on if you like. So that that's quite an interesting one. Um, you know, kind of a kind of an obvious one, but feels like more people than you would expect probably miss it. Is that is that about fair? They do. They do. It's quite incredible. I get approached by four to five people every day <laughs> who who've made this mistake. Wow. <laughs> and you can't really uh, salvage your campaign once it's uh it's reached that point. If you've not put in the the legwork before you launch, uh it's 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 almost impossible to salvage it during the thirty days that you've got, um, while the campaign's running, because most of the money comes into the campaign right at the beginning and right at the end, and there's a lull in in the middle, if you like, during the thirty days. So a lot of people get uh, all uh, worked up about, uh, you know, oh, am I going to reach my target or not? And uh, those people who start off well, those people who manage to get say thirty three percent of their funding within the fourth, first forty eight hours of launching their project. Those are the those are the people that do well. Super stuff. Let's dig into the second actionable tip. Well, it's 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 about the video. I've alluded to it already. I think that it's uh, very very important to have a video. There are campaigns that don't have videos. You have, uh, according to Indiegogo's founder, you have one hundred and fourteen percent more chance of re- reaching your target if you have a have a video. And uh, it's together with the video. What's very important is that you need to appear in the video yourself. People need to make that uh, kind of connection. It's uh, a lot of people think that they can get other people to tell their story for them. And that's a mistake. You need to be in your own video, connecting with your own crowd and sharing your own story. Love that. And uh, yeah, there's various, I mean, there's lots of, um, the best way to look at uh, structuring a video is to actually go onto the other crowdfunding platforms and see what other people do. Make sure it's less than three minutes and uh, and uh, get a lot of ideas as to how things work for other people. It doesn't have to be a, a, an expensive exercise. I mean, we have uh, wonderful technology on our, on our smartphones these days, and you can literally put a video together with your finger in an app these days. You really can. It's amazing, it's, actually, it's, isn't it? It's, it's, it's that easy, but, uh, but some thought has to go into it. Yeah, you, you got It's not as easy as pressing play and sorry, even pressing record. Imagine if it was just pressing play and it did it for you. But it's yeah, you're right. You've got to plan the thing. It's, that's one of the biggest issues that I, I often find. Um, I guess with people that want to market themselves, generally using video, video, they 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 go through this process of well, video's kind of not for me because you know I don't want to be on camera. Then they come around to the fact that it's really important and valuable. But then they go, well, okay, we'll just do it and we'll get it done quickly. You know, it becomes this thing that they just have to get through to get to the next task. And when when you're asking people, especially for, for cash, you know, to effectively invest in something, you, you must put the planning in for that one. I, again, I can completely buy into that one. So fantastic stuff. And if we may, sir, the third and final actionable tip. The third and final tip is about rewards. Um, rewards are an important uh uh, motivator, if you like. Um, when you pitch your crowdfunding campaign, you've got to think about uh, 
what's not what's in it for me, but what's in it for <laughs> for my investor. And it works differently for different campaigns. I mean, uh, if you're giving away equity in your business, then, then clearly the equity is the reward. But you can sweeten that. I mean, Chapel Downs, which is a wine estate uh, here in uh, the south of England, they have just completed one of the largest uh, equity rounds, um, close on four million. Uh, but they sweetened that with, uh, you know, uh, discounts on on wine and uh, and, and also visits to the wine estate and, and and various things like that. But when it comes to rewards based crowdfunding, you really got to think about uh, uh, your rewards because and those rewards should actually be linked to whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and uh, start off with at least uh, a pound or a dollar, uh, because even at that level, you at least get an email address and. Uh, in other words, it's uh, a way for you to start growing your list uh, because some people would even come in at that level and then also have some top-end rewards because there might be some opportunities for sponsorship or, or um, uh, people uh, people wanting to come in at that particular level. But the average pledge, if you like, on Crowdfunder, which is a UK-based crowdfunding website, is about £50. Pounds. Uh, however, the majority of rewards that are taken up are between, say, 20 and 40 pounds. So think of having a spread of rewards. Uh, start off with seven or eight. You can add a few more during the campaign, um, which you can, which which is there to either uh, help motivate uh, you to reach your target, or if you overfund, it's it's a way of adding to what they refer to as a stretch target. But those 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 rewards are quite. Uh, quite important. You can limit the number in order to add to scarcity. You can um, must also put in a, a, a delivery date as well. And uh, it's very important that you keep to that because you don't want any backlash online if you don't meet that. And, uh, and, and yes, um, Rewards, rewards are important. It's 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 ultimately what uh, convinces someone to support you. I mean, there are lots of people out there who would actually support you without um, wanting something in return. And you can also provide an opportunity for people to either donate their skills or become involved with you in in other ways. It doesn't only have to be uh, an investment of funds in return for a reward. You can also get other people on board with your project who have other things to offer as well super stuff so consider the rewards and I, I hear you insofar as you know every every campaign every product every every type of crowdfunding is is gonna want to assess rewards differently because different things matter to different people so i think that that must be quite a challenging thing to do actually sit down and really ponder what those are which you know everything that we've spoken about those three tips when you put those together heck of a lot of action that can be taken from them but but what i'm also drawing from that myself anthony is that Suddenly, those 120 days disappear really quickly. Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems to just, you know, I can I can see that that just disappears so, so quickly because you are putting all this thought and going back and forth over that. It must be quite, um, if you're in the midst of a campaign, there must be quite a lot of sleepless nights and anxiety around, have I got this right? Have I got that wrong? So it's, yeah, mm. very, very interesting. But but one, one thing I'd like to add uh, towards the end here is that... Uh, According to Deloitte, Deloitte's in 2013, over three, 3.6 billion was raised through crowdfunding. No, sorry, 5.6 billion. Wow. Last year, it was six, over 16 billion. 
and it looks set to double this year. And by 2020, in about four years' time, four or five years' time, we're looking at over a $100 billion industry. So it's not going away. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's there for us all to uh, find out more about and see how we can participate and use it to, to leverage what we would like to, to do. Crowdfunding is here to stay. Well, that has been fantastic. I've learned a heck of a lot myself, and I've enjoyed digging into the different elements of it as well because I think you know, a lot of people do see the word crowdfunding and kind of think it's a bit more difficult than than it may need to be for them. But not only that, I think that, that, that we all sometimes feel that, well, perhaps it's not for us. You know, that's for someone else. And, you know, the, the big thing that I've drawn from that is that it's not. It's, it's for each one of us, which I think is amazing. So thank you so much for doing that, Anthony. And before we stick a pin in this, where can people find you online, please, sir? Well, um, I, my Twitter handle is at uh, Anthony D'Souza. And uh, my website is crowdfundingfocus.com. Super stuff. Thank you so much, sir. That's, that really has been a pleasure. Oh, likewise. Thank you very much. Fantastic stuff. And guys, don't forget, everything myself and Anthony have spoken about will be available as ever at excellence-expected.com. And whilst you're over there, we're putting so much fantastic small business content. We, we, we have content going out five days a week, including on a Friday, small small business lunch, the 12 p.m. UK time Periscope show, which is then available over at excellence-expected.com forever as a replay. So check that out. We have some fun on it and it's packed full of actionable value. So please, please, please check it out. And until next time, thank you ever so much for spending this 35, 36-ish minutes with myself and Anthony. And don't forget... The more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Adios. <laughs>